Good afternoon. Robert's out here. Thought we'd look into the Old Testament tonight. First Samuel chapter 17, starting with verse 40. Very familiar scripture for any of those that have uh, studied the Old Testament. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. When the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog, that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. All this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. It came to pass, when the Philistine arose, and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistines. And David put his hand in his bag, and took thence a stone, and slung it, and smote the Philistine in his forehead, and the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Now, I just want to go back to verse 40. And I'm not going to talk about what most ministers, evangelists, preachers, teachers talk about. Let's look at the five stones. Now, there's a lot of confusion as to why David chose five stones. I've even heard some say, well, he was afraid he would miss. David wasn't afraid he would miss. If you go ahead and read the rest of Samuel, 1 Samuel, you'll find where, and even into 2 Samuel, you'll find where some of David's men, or David himself, killed four other what you and I would consider giants. So all in all, there were five giants in the army of the Philistine. Goliath was sent out because he was the champion. He was the most experienced of the soldiers, of the giants. He was their champion. He was their warrior. He was their head man. But throughout the rest of David's time, we find where he or his men killed four more giants. And we'll discuss that. We'll study that at a later date, I'm sure. But I want to talk about the five stones. Now, if you know anything about nature, you'll know that stones, rocks, whatever, when they're broken to make gravel... They've got sharp points, and they're rough. They're real rough. But these, he said, five smooth stones. Why were they smooth? Well, 
he got them out of the brook. So water had run over them, and they had moved around. They probably didn't start as a rock right where they were at. They started at a much different location and was tumbled and prodded and poked and rolled and water was on it and some if it was in the mountains maybe they even you know water froze so they had went through a lot before they got to be five smooth stones they had been tossed and turned they'd been hot they'd been cold they'd been wet they might have even been dry in times of drought and we don't know how long these stones was in the water we know that he picked them up out of the water. He picked them up out of the brook. But we don't know how long these stones had been in the water. They might have been in the water for years and years and years. And they'd seen a lot of rough and tumble. They had been, you know, as I said, probably started at a higher elevation. Heavy rains washed them down. And they rolled and they banged up against each other. And... All this time, all of this turbulence, all these troubles, all these problems they were running into was wearing them down, was smoothing them out so that when David needed them, they would be smooth. And he chose five smooth stones because the smooth stones flew better from his sling. There was no you know, jagged edges that would catch the wind and turn the rock. It was smooth. Now, the dimples on a golf ball are there to help it to fly smarter or straighter, excuse me, and, and maybe even further. And the rifling in the barrel, it gets the bullet to spinning, and it flies straighter. But these smooth stones was perfect for what David needed to do in his sling. And you wonder why maybe you're having hard troubles and hard times? You wonder why things just seem to buffet you and you don't seem to, to get a break? Maybe, just maybe, you're one of God's rocks that he's placed in the stream and you're being buffeted and you're being rolled you're being bashed into bigger rocks. You're being bashed into heavier things. And a lot of your jagged edges are wearing off. You know, your, your arrogance, your conceit, your haughtiness, your racism, whatever, is getting worn off. You're becoming smooth because God's got a plan for you. And he needs a smooth stone. He needs you with no edges, no sharp points to cut people. He needs you to be smooth so you can fly and do what God has called you to do. So the next time that, you know, the storms roll in, the hard times come. And trust me, they will. Maybe God's getting you ready for a bigger thing. Maybe God's getting you ready for your mission in this world, your calling in this life. Oh, we can jump out of the stream, run like the rocks, 
we can get out but is that what we should do or maybe we should stay in the stream maybe we should endure the hardships for now maybe we should allow ourselves to be buffeted to understand that God's got something much bigger planned for us but we can't have what he's got planned for us if we've got all these rough edges maybe he needs us smooth so that we'll fly straight and we'll hit the mark that he wants us to hit not what we want to hit but what he wants us to hit maybe just maybe God knows what he's doing maybe God understands a little bit better than what we what we think and what we know and what we understand just maybe God's getting us ready for a bigger 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 dream bigger goal bigger project bigger life now again don't take what I'm saying wrong I don't believe in the name it and claim it and I do not believe in prosperity preaching because you see I read in the scriptures where it says in this world ye shall suffer tribulation but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world I see where Christ tells us that we're going to suffer problems and heartaches troubles but I know that God is bigger than all of my troubles and I know that only God can see down the road not any of these soothsayers and psychics and spiritual palm readers whatever the world that is horoscopes we don't need to know our future we just need to know God so I encourage you as I sit here tonight in my workshop and I look around trust me when I say that this has been one of the hardest weeks this previous week in my life and I'm watching someone that I love hurt and I can't prevent that hurt I can't take that pain away from my from my child but I know that God is still on the throne and that God is still able to do exceedingly more than we've ever thought or ask I don't see his plan in this what my family is going through I don't see my pl his plan but I know that God's got a plan without question you see my my son-in-law 
I have two children. I have a daughter and a son. My daughter married to a very young, nice individual. He had a wreck the other day. And right now, sitting here in this workshop where he used to sit and read, listen to music, look at social media, we don't know if he's going to pull through. The doctors have given us some grim news tonight, or earlier today. We don't know what's going to happen. But I know without a shadow of a doubt that God's still in control. He is still very much in charge. And I know that right now my daughter is heart is hurting and it's breaking my family is just kind of numb and walking around like we're in shock but I know that if we keep our focus on Christ that no matter what the outcome God is still on the throne we may not like the outcome we may not like it at all but God's still very much in control and this is just part of our role and our tumble to take a few of the rough edges off so that when our purpose that God has set for us comes we'll be prepared we will be equipped we will be built to do what he has purposed us to do. Now I know that sounds foolish. But just think a few years ago. What you was going through. Think of those times when you were so sick. You didn't know if you was going to make it. But God was still there. Think about all those times when there was more bills than there was money. God was still there. Perhaps you've lost your job. God's still there. Perhaps your marriage is failing. God is still there. Perhaps you don't know which way to turn. Turn towards the cross. Turn towards the cross. Because you see it was on the cross of Calvary. 2,000 years ago approximately where the shed blood of Jesus Christ set our captive souls free and has allowed us an opportunity to make it to heaven. But all those troubles, all those problems, all those heartaches, all those incidences, it's just us being buffeted, us being knocked around, us being rolled about. But he's getting us ready to fly. And when we fly, it's going to be a mar marvelous trip. He's getting us ready for our purpose. He's getting ready for our calling. In this world, ye shall suffer. But be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world.
five smooth stones that David used one of which to defeat the enemy. You are that smooth stone. And we are in the Master's hands. And He will set us free and He will hit the mark that He intends for us to hit if we'll just give Him control. Love each and every one of you. I don't know when you'll listen to this. It may be as soon as I upload it. It may be next week. It may be years from now. I may not be sitting here when you hear this message. But I know that the God I serve is bigger than any problem you're facing. No matter what it is. And I know that he allows things to come on us so that our rough edges can be smoothed down. I make my son and I and my son-in-law, he made a few pins with us over the year or two that he was in my family. And if the Lord will touch him, he will make more pins. But if God doesn't touch him, he won't be with us much longer. But my son and I and he, we made ink pens. We took rectangular pieces of wood. We put them on a lathe. And we put the skew or the parting tool or the gouge up against it as it was turning on the lathe. And we shaped it and we, we smoothed out the corners and we smoothed out the rough edges and we polished it, we sanded it, and we make beautiful ink pens, functional ink pens. And we make them out of all kinds of wood, acrylic, even clay. But it takes that spinning and it takes those sharp instruments to get the shape that we need it to be in to make the pen that we're making. God allows us to go through troubles to get us in the shape that we need to be in. Guys, I love each and every one of you. If you're listening to this message, please, if you haven't given your heart to the Lord, please do so. Because you never, ever know when you're going to take your last breath here on this earth. Love you. Talk to you next week.